Welcome to Rallin's Rant. Today I'm joined by Paddy Gibson, a young Irish actor who is known for his roles in the OA, What Richard Did, and Gorilla. Paddy was also given the Rising Star Award at the 2017 IFTAS. With the introduction now out of the way, Paddy, I just want to ask you how are you getting on after the Christmas holidays and the new year? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Definitely a lot fatter, but apart from that, all good. <laughs> All the better for it. But um, to start the conversation off anyway, I just want to ask, you know, what got you into acting when you were young? Um, I suppose, well, my my dad um, was an actor as well and my mum. So I think when I, when I was really young, my, uh, my dad signed me up to his agent um, probably before I actually was consenting to it. But uh, I used to go along to auditions for, um, for like adverts and different stuff like that, and uh, and yeah, so it was kind of out of my hands really when I got into it. But then I sort of stopped doing it for for quite a while. And when I was about probably like fifteen, I kind of decided that I really wanted to to give it a bash again. And um, yeah, that's when I kind of properly started. Okay. And so when you obviously said you didn't have huge, you didn't have consent at the early age, <laughs> you know, your dad, your dad got you into it, but their initial training, was there early on training that kind of had to help establish you as a comfortable kind of actor at such an early age? Yeah, it's funny. I think when, I think when you're that age, you kind of are almost more equipped to do it than, than when you get older, you kind of, I think, tend to overthink things less when you're that age. Um, I know definitely like if you get try to get a kid to draw a picture or something, they're much less kind of self-conscious about it. And usually we'll sort of do a much more um, honest kind of uh, impression of something. So I think I, I didn't end up actually doing kind of drama classes really at all. Um, it was sort of just doing, doing jobs when I was younger that I kind of learned. Um, but yeah, but I mean, my parents were never kind of like pushy stage school kids. Mm. It was never like they, they they forced me to do anything. But uh, yeah, so so no, I never I never really had the training at, at a young age. Um, but I think yeah, learning on set and things like that was definitely part of it. Okay, so like you, some of your first roles, like if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong here, by the way, because <laughs> I have done my homework. You can give out to me, but. Um, you know, you're in like the Tudors at an early age and then probably your first kind of, your big enough role probably was in Neverland, which was that miniseries about Peter Pan. Yeah. And um, I'm just, I'm just wondering like, how did, how did that role come about? Because that was quite a, there was quite an established cast on that setup. Yeah, it was funny. I was, um, so that was, that was kind of around the time when I was starting to realize that I actually did, did really want to do it. And um I they, they shot it in Italy and Ireland, so they did. They tried to cast um, quite a few of the roles in Ireland, um, so that was just really lucky that they came. They came over, and my agent over there at the time um, in Ireland managed to to get us in the door for it. 
And um, yeah, and that was after that, then I, I got my agent in London. Um, so I kind of had a lot to, to offer to that job. Um, and that was kind of the first job where I'd sort of done one character for more than kind of three or four scenes. Um, so I learned a lot on that one. Um, and it's, yeah, it's funny thinking back on it. It feels like, uh, it feels like an awfully long time ago. And just probably on that, like for, first of all, I actually remember watching it on Sky Movies. <laughs> and, uh, it does, it does feel quite a while ago, but, um, <laughs> It was funny. I was thinking, I was just like, that, that's, that's your man, Paddy Gibson. What the hell? <laughs> Chasing after Peter Pan. But, um, Let him do that. Yeah. But it was, it was cool to see. But with that, you're saying your agent obviously helped set it up. You know, was there any auditioning for that or was it just pretty much you've gotten the role? There was, there was loads of audition. Yeah, I think I did. Because I think they were trying different kids for different stuff. So I ended up kind of auditioning for a lot of different characters in it. Um, and uh, yeah, I've, to be honest, I think I've kind of auditioned for pretty much everything I've done up until last year. I got offered something um, and did it, but that was terrifying. I don't know if I'd do that again because I was like, I've already got pretty bad imposter syndrome, and I was like, oh fuck, am I going to be able to do this now? Like, I'm going to get there, and they'll be like, oh geez, we got the wrong lad. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that was, there was, there was quite a few rounds of auditions. It's usually kind of, you do like at least two, I'd say. And that was, I think like four or five. And it, it's quite interesting that you touch on it there. Cause obviously well-established actors like a Steven Spielberg's doing a serious movie. He's going to call Tom Hanks on speed dial. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you, do you kind of take it at this stage of your acting career that you kind of you definitely want to do an audition because you want to kind of feel like you've earned it rather than kind of have this expectation on your shoulders for the entire duration yeah. of the set. Yeah, I think so. Like I want, I want to be sure that whoever you're working with knows what they're, what they're kind of getting uh, and knows that, you know, that's definitely what they want. I, if I mean, if I was going to direct a movie, I don't think even if it was Tom Hanks, you know, I'd still, <laughs> I'd still get him in, get him yeah, in audition. <laughs> that bloody right as well then I, just slightly after the Neverland exposure you got pretty much your first major role in a film that was called What Richard Did and what was it like playing you know a role from a guy in from Dublin when you literally yeah. were a kid from Dublin you know how did you bring how did you bring something unique and fresh to the character yeah it was funny I was like because that was definitely the first thing I did there was um, I, I suppose like the way Lenny kind of works and, and directs um, was very different to, to anything that I'd done before. It was a lot more sort of improvising and um, kind of getting as close to, to yourself as possible as um, playing the character. And I never kind of experienced that before. Um, but it was definitely something that kind of when it came about, I realized was, you know, the way I'd, I like doing it. Um, I remember I actually auditioned for Richard's character initially and obviously I was far too young and uh, scrawny to yeah. play a, a, a rugby star but yeah. somehow somehow managed to get cast as a, as a younger rugby star which is um, still fairly fairly far from the truth of it really but yeah it was uh, it was interesting because the script wasn't fully developed by the when we when we kind of started so it was a lot to do with kind of bringing our own experiences 
um, from living in Dublin and stuff into it. And, um, so a lot of the kind of stories that people are telling and a lot of the stuff that, that actually happened, um, was kind of true. Um, but I remember, I think there was a version of the script that started off cause I don't know if you remember, but the, the film kind of starts in British and it's like a shitty overcast day. People are yeah, drinking cans. I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> Typical Irish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think there was, there was a version of the script that was sort of people in like a jacuzzi or something outside doing a lot of coke and like these <laughs> land rovers lighting up the scene and we were sort of <laughs> say that would be the, i mean we cool but it's definitely not what actually happens no no way no. <laughs> so yeah so over the course of a few months we kind of workshopped it and and yeah i mean i'd love to do something like that again where where you bring your own experience into it because it definitely definitely made it easier um in some respects in others it's weird because you're kind of playing yourself sometimes it's easier to you know play like complete psycho or something because you can sort of be less self-conscious about it and not not think about yourself so much but uh yeah it was um it was a good one well it's it's important that you kind of suggest that there was a bit of a uh lean on towards improvisation and kind of back in your own kind of real life which obviously you were from ireland so you knew how people acted yeah you know that people didn't sit in jacuzzis having dutch gold but <laughs> like I, I remember sitting down watching one of the latest irish movies the handsome devil one mm. and it was for the, like it was a very good movie and very enjoyable watch but at times there was definitely that disconnect of you just felt it was slightly out of touch of what really went on in some of these kind of private schools in Dublin are, especially they covered rugby heavily as well. And that, and me being an avid current jock, I don't know. (laughs) There was a few question marks over it as well. So I I definitely do think what Richard definitely got the balance right. And uh, that obviously led to very positive feedback from critics and on positive feedback. Does that, does that make you prouder of your work? Or is there times where you kind of not take critics' opinions into account and just say, listen, I'm proud of what I did, whether I guess 10% on Rotten Tomatoes or 100%, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I think, I think with regards to what Richard did, I don't think the, I could take much of the credit for the, you know, like the positive reviews. Yeah. It was mainly, it was mainly um, for what, what kind of... Um, Lenny did with the film and, and, and the way Jack carried it and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I definitely haven't really paid too much attention to me. I mean, it, def- it, it does matter to me. Ultimately, I think, I think there's kind of, otherwise you're sort of in a, a bit of a dangerous territory. Um, you know, having that arrogance of like, well, whatever anyone thinks of it. Um, yeah, trust. but I, I still do think, you have to kind of have your own um, sort of barometer or whatever of, of of what you thought of of what you've done, and also what kind of maybe what you set out to achieve as well. Like and and um, like I, I don't know. Did you see Mother, the film with uh, Jennifer Lawrence that came out this year? I haven't. I've heard about it. I've watched yeah. the trailer. I think that's kind of a good example of like. I mean, I, I love the film. I really liked it, but a lot of critics slated it and uh, and talked a lot of shit on the internet about it. But yeah. I think, um, you know, if if I'd made something like that, um, 
and and it's clear that kind of Aronofsky has has stood by it and and is very sort of proud of what he's done despite all the all the negative criticism. So I think if if you're kind of if you know that maybe the the way something's being portrayed is um, not quite what what you had set out to achieve or what you think you achieved, then yeah, I think uh, I think it's okay to tell Rotten Tomatoes to fuck off and, <laughs> and still be afraid of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, that's that's uh, it's promising to hear because I, I would hate to think that actors take everything to heart. Yeah. Of, there's been a hell of a lot of times I've taken critics' word for it and gone to see a film and thought, Jesus, that was a disappointment and vice versa. Yeah, so, no, exactly, it's, exactly. It's good to it's good not to base your uh, base your opinions on just one opinion. You shoot what Richard did, obviously it's it's positive feedback, and then you know for the few years that followed, you played multiple roles in films and TV shows. Like I think you were in uh, Passing Bells and a few other ventures as well. How was that period? Because what Richard did was it was well received. Film was huge, obviously in Ireland, but then also was got good reception in other countries as well. Since you were working on not as publicized, or yeah. I don't want to say I don't want to say successful, but well, you, you just know, said, did you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, was there ever a moment? Because this is obviously you're about seventeen, eighteen, nineteen yeah. years of age at this stage. You know, was there ever a moment where you were thinking, I might have to choose between obviously doing an academic life or yeah. else going down, listen, I'm going to commit, put all my eggs in one basket and go down the acting? Yeah, I mean, because that's the thing. So I, I, I did what Richard did and stuff, and then it was a, quite a long time before I did Passing Bells. And then again, and that, that was when I was in university. Um, mm. And I was kind of question whether I go to drama school or I do something else. Um, I did not like to do business or something in, in university. And I ended up um, deciding to do philosophy, which was uh, sort of a middle ground. I was like, I'm not going to get a job off this, um, but I might learn something that's kind of helpful for either, you know, another path in life or, or acting. But I, I, to be honest, I don't think I ever really thought that I was going to commit myself to doing something else. Um, so that was really to kind of have something to do while I was auditioning and, and trying to still, still go for it. Um, but then, yeah, after passing bells, there was, there was again, like another couple of years, maybe a year and a half or something period of not working. And that was definitely, um, really tough to kind of have to like on, on the confidence and stuff, I suppose you're thinking like, Jesus, am I going to be able to actually make a life out of this or a career out of it um but also kind of i suppose in those years learned i definitely wanted to do it because i wouldn't have kept putting myself through (laughs) rejection that consistently unless i was certain i wanted to do it so i think it was uh although it was a pretty shy time i think it was kind of um valuable as well in the long run Mm. well obviously that that rejection and the fact that it made you feel quite shit probably showed that you actually cared and gave a shit yeah. about acting in the first place. But was there ever a moment in that year, year and a half period where you kind of thought I might pack it in? Or as you said, was it just a case of I'm learning here, be patient. It'll, it'll eventually come true. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there was both. I think 
there was definitely, you know, those times when you're, you, you do four auditions and you're in the last round and they're like, right, it's you and one other person. And then you get the call being like, ah, oh, I went to them. That's definitely the time when you're like, right, do I just, do I just stop now? Pack it in. Um, and I think usually I was lucky to have kind of my agent who was, I've been with since I was 15. She's, I mean, amazing. Um, she's an agent in London, but she's from Ireland, Claire Gomsky. And uh, she was kind of one of the people, you know, one of the kind of few people who who kept kind of spurring me on and saying, you know, there's uh, it's kind of a matter of time or whatever. And I was definitely not uh, not one to believe that at all. So it was it was good to have somebody else kind of saying that. Giving your support. And yeah. did did your parents, so I presume eventually you dropped out of college? Yeah. So yeah. I did two years in Trinity. Um, I kind of, I missed exams and stuff the odd time for, for working. And I'd do repeats and, and try and make it through. Um, and then when I got uh, the OA, they were um, saying that they'd start shooting in February 2016 was it 2016 or 2015 you should know you're in the thing i know (laughs) (laughs) i thought you did your homework um (laughs) no yeah so so one of those i've got uh my my memory for time periods and stuff is uh actually shockingly bad but um yeah it was around 2015 right february in 2015 i uh they said that i'd be going to to new york to start shooting and that was kind of five months so unfortunately that was the end of my uh my fairly averagely successful university career. But um, how, how did the, the family take to it? Were they just fully supporting you in your, obviously your acting endeavors or were they kind of still a bit kind of like, oh, you never know, you might need yeah. your degree, etc. Or were they just <laughs> completely like, just go for it and just when do I, it? When, when I become a philosopher, I'll need that degree. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, they were never... Uh, no, they they were always always supportive. It was never I never really felt any pressure to kind of go anyway. Um, and I'd always kind of with my agent always it had always kind of been the the thing where it's like you know I'll do this degree until something comes up that's worth um, putting it on hold for. Um, so yeah, and I've always kind of thought about maybe going back or doing doing like. Um, an online course in it or something and kind of trying to finish it. But that was, that was the plan at the end of last year. And then sort of about May, June, um, I started trying to write, uh, and kind of becoming more interested in, in kind of writing and directing. And that's kind of taken over now. So I kind of feel like I've got a bit of a focus now anyway, when I'm not working. Cause that's the thing when you got downtime, you got to figure out, what you're going to do with yourself. Otherwise you go kind of insane. Um, a lot of so, long, long hours. Just sitting yeah. around. <laughs> Far and around. Yeah. And you touch, you touched on it there as in you're saying you're doing a bit of writing and looking into the ins and out and directing at such, at such an early age. Like, are you kind of preparing for later down the line? Are you thinking mm. if I ever got an opportunity in a few years time, I'd absolutely jump at it to maybe help write a, a TV show or, a yeah. film or a play you know is that something you're taking seriously right now or is it for something later on down the line yeah i think both i think um 
I think it's nice to kind of have the opportunity just to do something with no pressure, like nobody else telling you you got a deadline, nobody saying, you know, just going, sitting down and writing something and not caring if it's the worst thing that's ever been written. Um, it kind of gives you a freedom. And I think something can sometimes come out of that, you know, and, but not, I'm definitely not, you know, I'm not trying to, uh, trying to write the next inception, um, <laughs> sitting, sitting in my living room, but yeah, I think it's also a case of kind of, I think I would regret it if when I'm whatever, you know, middle age, somebody comes to me and is like, wants to develop something. And, um, I realize that I've never actually tried writing before, um, I think I would definitely regret that. So yeah, kind of just having that ground work there already um, for if something ever arises is a part of it, definitely. Cool. And you mentioned it, I'd say about two minutes ago, the OA, and you know, let's, let's talk about that right now, <laughs> if that's okay. You know, yeah. how did you, how did you get the part for that? So that was mad. That was, um, that was kind of the thing that ended the, uh, the dry spell, so to speak. It was, I remember I was actually, it's weird because saying I have such a, such a bad memory. I, I remember this so well. I was in bed uh, one morning and my agent called me and woke me up, which happens quite a lot. Um, <laughs> speaking of the, the fart around, she'll be, she'll be yeah. in the office in seven, call me at like half 11. And I'm like, hello, trying to pretend <laughs> that I'm, I'm completely awake. Um, yeah. Did I wake and, you kind of job? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, she she knows me too well now to to ever fall from my uh, chirpy morning voice. But um, yeah, she just called me up one morning. And was like, I've got this um, this script that's come through, and she was like, I don't know what it is about it, but I think it's kind of the one for you. And and she she was like, I can definitely see you playing this part. Um, and I read it, I read the sides and everything. And I knew plan B were uh, going to be producing it. I don't think I knew it was for Netflix yet, but plan B is um, Brad Pitt's company uh, with Didi Gardner. And um, they make some great kind of independent stuff, which is what I'd be more interested in than kind of, you know, the um, big franchises. Um and I did the audition that day. I taped it that day. I think it was, it was needed for like a Friday or something. And I taped it that day. I was like really keen to get it down. Um, and then, yeah, that was like started the kind of three month process of auditioning, um, doing Skype meetings with, with them, talking about the character and stuff. And then finally going to New York um, for like a 24 hour trip uh, and doing an audition, which was pretty terrifying because i was like jesus if i <laughs> if i mess this one up now that's it like i don't know if i can take it anymore so um yeah and what what are the are the auditions different with each company and each show or is it very much because well i suppose i'm just basing this off movies and kirby enthusiasm mm. is it just it's just two or three people sitting on a sofa while you pretty much open and pour out your heart every emotion <laughs> and then being like next yeah. <laughs> um, how, how does it go yeah it depends it depends i think you do get like it kind of depends where you fall into the auditioning process like how close they are to shooting and everything um so i think it tends to be like if you meet the director and stuff that i really like that um 
and especially if you kind of work with them in the room that's usually a much more personable experience um but then sometimes you'll just be going in reading for the casting associate or something um and you do the scene or whatever three scenes with them and um yeah you're pretty much out the door they don't really give you much um of an insight into what they thought of you pouring your heart out or anything so yeah um but yeah no it tends to be it tends to be pretty okay and you get quite used to just the you know the um not getting much feedback and stuff it's you've kind of just got to got to hope that you did it all right got to be thick skinned so so when you get the part and you start shooting were you kind of aware because you mentioned there was brad pitt's company were you Mm. aware of how big the oa would eventually become or at that stage no one really had any expectations they were just going let's roll with it let's do it let's see if anyone likes us or was there actually a belief that this was going to be a, a big big hit on netflix and also across the world like yeah i don't know i mean i think i got pretty used to not having too many expectations for stuff and and not setting myself up for for anything you know and just kind of doing it in the moment and and trying to do sort of the best that you can i know i remember zal the the director and one of the writers um said to us kind of very early on he was like I don't want anyone to have expectations of, you know, where, what, what could happen with the show. He's like, pretend this is something that's never going to come out and we're just kind of doing it here. Um, and, and kind of experiencing every day as it comes, which I know sounds very kind of, um, airy and kind of, <laughs> well, you um, did philosophy. So there's gotta be, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it's there somewhere definitely um so yeah no we didn't really have have any expectations and i i knew from reading the scripts that it was like pretty mental um it was not like anything that i've read before the structure everything it's so so crazy so i was like people are going to love this or hate it and i'm sure there's going to be both um reactions as well which is you know i always think that's i kind of i i like that um I like when kind of things divide people. Um, I think it makes for a good conversation. Mm. Well, I what I really liked or enjoyed about the OA compared to, say, A Stranger Things or even, say, The Returned is that, you know, there was a much... I thought character development was a lot better. I thought there was a deeper, deeper meaning behind or to the story. And the finish of season one as well, it really made you think about loads of different possibilities of where the story could yeah. go rather than the show kind of leading you towards one outcome, say with stranger things at the end, him cough, coughing up some black matter that knew the upside down would come back yeah. and all this stuff. So yeah. for, that, for that part, obviously some people thought it was a bit too far fetched, <laughs> but then other people, like I actually genuinely really enjoyed it. So I just, it's, it's, it's good. I suppose it is good to hear that people do respect that their work is either going to be loved talked about there's there's not going to be a middle ground so to say yeah and i have to i have to get it out of the way because it's i have it jotted down here well it's it's going to be two questions so the first (laughs) thing i have to ask is has that movement or the dance (laughs) has that become your party piece or has anyone (laughs) has anyone in drunken state ever asked you to perform do you know what I do? I, I um, 
I don't think I've actually done it since the show, but okay. sometimes I do worry that I may have gotten really pissed and done it before and somebody might <laughs> have a video out there that I have no idea of it. So let's hope that's, hope that's not, uh, that's not the case. Oh. But, uh, yeah, it's funny. I, but I just got season two episodes through recently. Mm. So, um, I won't, I won't say any more, but it, uh, yeah, it was quite a read. So I'm looking forward okay. to getting started on that. Maybe the dance will evolve perhaps. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who knows? And, Last thing probably on the OA would be, you know, it was obviously a big role for you. And obviously you played this kind of pissed off, grumpy kid. How challenging was the role? And then obviously, especially, I remember grabbing my brother and saying, oh, yeah, listen, a guy I know is in this program, you should watch us. <laughs> and the first thing he texts me is, see the guy in the sexy. <laughs> uh, you know, what was it like jumping into a demanding role and a challenging role like that? You know, was it was it easy or was there times where the director yourself really had to kind of up your game? Yeah, it was kind of both. I think the writing was so good um, that it was strange. It kind of just felt like, you know, you get some characters where um, it does take a lot of kind of academic work, I suppose, trying to figure out who they are and what all the different sort of parts about them before you go into it. Um, but with that, it felt kind of, it just kind of came off the page. It didn't really feel like there was too much to be done on it. Um, and the writing was so good that it really did help. But then, yeah, there was stuff that was, that was definitely challenging. Um, and, yeah, I think, I mean, I definitely came away every day being like, I fucked that up. That was not good. Um, which you kind of forget then after it's done and, and, you know, you watch it that one time or whatever and you're like, okay, that's whatever. It's, it's passable and you, you move on. But, um, yeah, at the time I do remember being like, I'm not kind of hitting the mark of where I want to, um, but that's kind of always the case, honestly. It's not mm. high school there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Would would it consist of you like once the shooting's done? Would you ever find yourself back in your place, just rehearsing, 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 or looking into a mirror and screaming at it and screaming at <laughs> lines? Are, are yeah. we, are, were you very much a guy who was just like, once my work's done here, I'm going to go home and chill out, or were you kind of more of a bit of a method actor during the OA yeah. where you really got immersed in the character. It kind of, I, I think like accidentally kind of did happen a bit. Um, I don't think I was like, I, I, I wouldn't call myself like a method actor in the, there like, you know, I wouldn't go around in the acts and stuff, but I think it is hard to sometimes separate if you're playing a character for a whole day and you kind of, you know, if, if you go around telling yourself that you're, upset for a whole day it'll probably run off and rub off on you a little bit um, yeah. and that definitely did happen um like i do remember a few times being in kind of a bit of a dark spot after shooting and not really connecting the two not really realizing that it's probably because i've been you know being this arsehole for a full day and now yeah. i'm kind of being an arsehole in real life but uh yeah i think in a way that although it's at the time kind of a 
a strange experience. I think it does does help to stay in it and um, kind of makes you uh, maybe instinctively react a bit more like the character in in those moments and stuff. So mm, it's, um, inter- it's interesting that you say that, as in you're kind of thinking, "Geez, why am I so upset?" Because and by the way, I have done my homework, by the way, you might be shocked at this, but I remember uh, reading, you did an interview with Vice and the interviewer asked you about characters you played or you will play. And you were saying how you get to experience deeper and dark emotions with the actual characters you play yeah. and in, then in real life with your own actual person. And yeah. you know, that makes a lot to be said about acting in general. And, you know, if if characters do actually take control of the actual people who are acting as them. Like you look at Jim Carrey, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. In his role as Andy Kaufman, the wow. man on the moon. The documentary is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And that like the documentary pretty much showed that he was Andy 24 seven and he basically yeah. was completely fucking insane, but it was, it was incredible to see or even, yeah. even hear Seth Rogen talking about James Franco doing the, disaster artist recently and he basically was reenacting tommy was out yeah, yeah. and he basically just walks around the whole set thinking he was tommy was out so <laughs> it is it is int- an interesting part of acting where i don't think a lot of people realize the actual outpour of emotions and how deep some people tend to get into these characters so it was it was interesting to hear you say that you found yourself sometimes just a bit upset or down yeah. because you basically were playing an asshole for yeah. 10 hours. <laughs> but it is, a, I mean, like it's, it's undoubtedly a weird thing to, to pretend to be somebody else. Um, especially as a job, it does seem kind of, I don't know, bizarre, but there's definitely kind of a, a strange therapeutic element to it. Um, that, that I have found. So, yeah. Mm. And what, what, in your opinion, and it's, it's probably a question you don't want to answer, but what, what is there a bad part of being an actor? Like, what's the worst part of being an actor? The worst part of being an actor? Um, I suppose probably being an out-of-work actor, honestly. Yeah. Like, that was, that was uh, and unfortunately it is kind of, it's something that I, I don't think there's probably any actor that hasn't experienced it. Um, yeah. That was probably the worst part of it for me. I think, yeah, because the actual I think part of it I like, I love. I think, but yeah, it's funny because I think so, a lot of the things that I love about it are also sometimes the worst parts. It's kind of the uncertainty um, and the fact that every job you do, you're going into a completely new environment. Nobody really, I mean, until you become like you say, Tom Hanks or whatever, nobody really yeah. gives a shit what you've done before. It doesn't really matter. It's, mm. it's kind of every day is, is, you know, kind of your first day. Um, and I definitely feel like that as well. Kind of uh, like I never have kind of gone into something being like, right, this is grand. I know what I'm doing. I can nail this. Um, it's always kind of starting from, starting from the, the beginning again. Um, and that I think is kind of, simultaneously the best and worst part about it what's what's the dynamic like so say once you you get the job for the oa you rock up you've got all your cast and crew does it does it feel is it kind of like a nine to five vibe going do people just 
it's business. They got on, get on with themselves, or do you actually really get to bond with the director, with the co-actors, with you know yeah. the producers, etc.? Or is it very much people keep themselves to themselves? Or do you ever find that with different different projects, you get to actually make real friends and get real experiences out of it behind the camera? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely always different. Like, it's definitely. Uh kind of every job is different, but I always find you, you, you always kind of do gel with the, with the cast and director and stuff and, and the crew as well. Um, Cause you're kind of, especially when you're filming on location somewhere, um, you're suddenly thrown together with all these strangers that you've never met before for whatever, three or four months yeah. in a, in a new place. And you kind of do make a, a little family. Um, but the, uh, yeah, like like I've found on kind of independent films and stuff um, that are more sort of creatively driven rather than financially. Um, you do feel more of kind of a sense of community. I think people are often there for um, the same reasons or, or similar reasons um, than kind of the bigger studio films. And it, I mean, that depends, but, but um, I think a lot of times sometimes people are not necessarily directors and actors and stuff, but you know, sometimes the crew will be there to do their job and then that's it. Um, r- rather than kind of having like a, a vested interest in everyone working together to make something. So yeah, I don't know if that was a long winded. and really- No, that's, that actually makes sense. <laughs> it, it pretty much means that everyone has that invested interest to prove themselves because they're not exactly proven. And yeah, and other franchises like Fast and Furious just simply rock up, take, yeah. take a load of steroids, blow up a few things, <laughs> and they make hundreds of millions. So it's, uh, I mean, when you put it like that, it's not worth it. Like, oh, actually, you know, <laughs> obviously, there's a bit more to it than that. But um, for the for the common man, I, uh, I I think that explains it. So, you know, it's obvious that now you have the passion for acting. It's quite clear this is what you want to do. But obviously with the success that's come with it, how have you dealt with fame and having to kind of present yourself in a certain certain way as you now actually have a fan base and you have a certain standard to uphold since you're now connected with, say, DOA and other other TV shows and films? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't really, to be honest, experienced too much. I mean, I've definitely never really experienced any negative side of things. Like it's never been, it's nothing that's ever gotten in the way of my kind of day-to-day life if anything it's just kind of you know it's nice that people support and and um and whatever but i think yeah i think uh like that side of things is definitely something that i kind of shy away from as well i wouldn't really there's a certain amount of it that you kind of have to do for um kind of business reason or whatever you know for yeah um that's kind of the way the industry is nowadays um you can't I mean, you can not have an Instagram, but mm. then that suddenly becomes your identity. You're like, you know, somebody doesn't have social media and that's the thing that you're then talking about all the time or whatever. Exactly. Um, but I do, I do find it difficult, like even doing stuff like this, when I know when, when we first spoke about doing it, I was like, Jesus, I don't know. I was kind of thinking about it. I was like, because I, I just kind of find it difficult to articulate the, and to suddenly have to talk about yourself is kind of a weird thing that is never something that you have to do until you start kind of 
doing something in the public eye. And yeah. it's, it's, it's definitely a very different thing to the actual job itself as well. Like doing the acting or whatever is, um, is very different to kind of then going and analyzing it or whatever. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it's the same in sports or whatever, when, you know, um, in rugby, if people are, um, suddenly required to talk on a panel about it and there's this thing that they kind of know how to do instinctively or, you know, they're trained at and then to, they've got the cliches. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I don't really get to say shit like it's a game of two halves. I kind of have to, <laughs> have, to <laughs> have to speak for a bit more, but, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's something that kind of, you got to take on the side with it and sort of roll with however, however you see fit. I try not to think about it too much. Cool. Well, that's, that's probably good to hear best to have uh being quite humble rather than being a, a big ego <laughs> most people would say so you know you shoot the the first season of the oa and you get positive reviews and uh, obviously it was announced that season two is coming up and in the meantime you've had roles with tv shows like gorilla and then also the white princess as well and they both had good casts and they also again received positive reviews you know, during that time, did you feel yourself kind of gather momentum and a bit more confidence as an actor? Or did you kind of still keep yourself stuck to the ground and think, listen, I still have to earn myself. I still want to be asked to auditions. I still want to earn the spots. Or did you yeah. kind of feel yourself getting slightly ahead of yourself at any time? And Honestly, I think, like, I, I did feel the momentum pick up um, and... Um, for the first time I was kind of almost going from job to job but weirdly it almost had like the opposite effect confidence wise it was like I don't know if I've kind of felt then like all of a sudden it, it was happening a lot faster and now kind of working a lot more um, and I sort of felt more of a pressure to to sort of prove myself or to you know um, mm. to to just do do a good job that I was that I was proud of. Um, so you felt that, like a, an expectation on you to deliver now. Yeah, yeah, and I kind of put the expectation on myself as well, I suppose. Um, which I think is you know equal parts good and bad. Um, I think it's. I think it kind of I, I know for me anyway. I sort of end up doing my best when I can step out of the way of myself and not let the sort of my ego of being like, oh, I, I have to be good or, mm. you know, you want to be, because I don't think that kind of inner critic actually is that productive really. I think sometimes the best stuff comes out of when you go like, fuck it, you know, whatever happens, happens. And yeah. I'll sort of be open to something happening in, in the moment that I wasn't expecting and be kind of um, ready to feel things and, yeah, I think sometimes that kind of overworking self-critic can uh, can get in the way. So, I uh, yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't a case of being like I can smash every role now, which I mean sounds like that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> just walk in and just oh. <laughs> so. 2018's just begun, obviously. And mm-hmm. what does the year have in store in Paddy Gibson? So what is what is your schedule? Obviously, you talked about the OA there. And yeah. is, there, is there any other projects 
coming along in the next year that you could tell us about or even the OA? Yeah, so um, I've got 2018, I've got three three films coming out, um, which will be, will be exciting. I think there's one uh, called The Darkest Minds, which is uh, was with Fox and that's kind of um, like a young adult uh, story based on a trilogy of books. So I think they're hoping to do three. Um, so the first one comes out in September and I'm excited to see what that's like. It's definitely on a different scale to something I've done before. Um, and then there's a, an independent film I did called in a relationship. Um, and that was with Emma Roberts and that's definitely very different to anything I've done before. It's much, um, kind of lighter and I sort of wanted to do it to try that genre and just see, you know, um, while I'm at the stage where I'm at, where I can kind of explore different things. Um, I did that. And then finally there is a film called Tolkien, um, which is a biopic of J.R. Tolkien. Oh yeah. Um, I read about Lord that. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So that's starring Nick Holt. Um, and that's with Fox Searchlight, who's kind of the independent side of Fox. Um, and that'll be coming out towards the end of next year. So it's going to be, I think a lot more, sort of uh doing kind of the press for that stuff um mm. and then also shooting away and hopefully i i definitely really want to be working in that time so we'll see um definitely a lot more auditioning and stuff like that to come when do you start shooting with doa for season two or have you um, already started yeah, well, I think I'm not actually sure. They're, they like to keep it incredibly secretive, which um, <laughs> like most things about the show. show yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, they haven't fully told me. I have an idea of when it is, but uh, I, um, yeah, I'm also not going to say anything because, I mean, they're like things, things change and, and mix yeah. around. But definitely, definitely next year um, it will be happening and kind of early next year sometime. Okay. Or sorry, this year, I mean, this year. This year, <laughs> this year already. Yeah. Well, uh, as I speak on behalf of a lot of people, I actually look, I'm looking forward to it a lot. So that, that wraps up pretty much the juicy part of the podcast. And I finish sorry. every podcast with a few quick fire questions. So okay. I'm not going to try trip you up. Most of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty slow now. So. Yeah. And just pretty much say the first thing that comes to your head. And okay. obviously, if it's if it's something terrible, uh, that'll be... We can edit it out. Yeah, can edit it out. <laughs> or else just put it as an introduction for the podcast. But anyway. Um, what is your favorite comedy of all time? Favorite comedy of all time? Super bad. Oh, good shout. Um, <laughs> cats or Dogs. Dogs. Excluding the OA, what's your favorite TV series on Netflix? Um, oh my god, I'm so bad at this. Oh, now I can't even think of what TV shows are on Netflix. <laughs> I'll say, yeah, I'll say Stranger Things. Okay, uh, the favorite role you've ever played as an actor? I think Steve in the OA. The most embarrassing moment you've had on set? Um, probably setting a dog on Brit, um, who plays the OA, accidentally, um, which genuinely attacked her. That was pretty. That was pretty embarrassing. Shocking. 
<laughs> Jeez, that sounds that sounds dangerous. Yeah, it um, was. It was. Uh, who's your favorite band? Rolling Stones. If you could play a character in an old film, who would it be? Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. <laughs> my old uh, TV. Uh, what was it? My film. My film teacher in school is going to be delighted to hear that. That's his favorite yeah. movie of all time. He, oh, excellent. Good to hear. He's spent about twenty classes <laughs> on the thing. So he'll be and last but not least, and this is definitely the toughest one. People struggle with okay. this. Sum yourself up in three words. Confused. Learning and interested. Okay. Well, that, that wraps up the podcast. And Paddy, I want to thank you for coming on. I'm sure. Thanks um, for having us. I'm sure you've had a good Christmas and you're well rested and ready to go. And it sounds Absolutely. like you've got, a, you've got a busy year ahead and. Hopefully you never know. You might be in an audition room and see Tom Hanks uh, competing against you, slugging it out. Look, I'll tell him him to give a listen to this and uh, you hear all the nice things we said about him. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty much a PR podcast for him. (laughs) On a serious note, I want to thank you. And goes without saying, I wish you all the best with uh, the future shows, the future films. And I just hope you have a good year. um, Cheers, Richie, and you. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having us. No worries. All the best. Take care.